Welcome to the ITAD Talk Podcast with your host, Jeff Bittner. So I'd like to welcome everybody to ITAD Talk. And this morning, our guest is Dick Noble. He's the founder and owner of Summit 360, formerly Summit Information Resources, located in Egan, Minnesota. In 1992, Dick Noble and a partner launched Summit Information Resources from Dick's Duplex, which just the dining room and a spare bedroom as their office. There was no internet then, just a phone system and a fax machine connected to a cable that ran through the second story window, along with a couple of computers. Even back in the early 90s when they launched in that duplex, Summit 360 began as a reseller of used and refurbished deck hardware, including networking, mini computers, and storage equipment. That was almost 30 years ago, but growing the business, building a team that shares his customer-centric values, integrity, service, and teamwork has never gotten old for Dick. Today, he leads Summit 360's leadership team and is the ingenuity behind Summit 360's ITAD program. A father of three, Dick enjoys spending time with his children, hunting, golf, and working on his farm. So I'd like to welcome you this morning, Dick, to our program. Great. Great to be with you, Jeff. So I understand that... uh, Summit 360 has been around for about 30 years. That's a long time in this industry. Can you tell me about uh, some of the history and describe what it looks like currently? Sure. Uh, Well, we we started in 1992, a business partner um, of mine and me, and um, we were just the two of us, as you mentioned, in, in my duplex, and we slowly grew from there, and um you know, we kind of hit a plateau for many, many years, um, probably, you know, up until about 10 years ago. And um, that's when we kind of started um, using uh, a, a business model called Traction or EOS, rather. And that's really helped us grow. But um, we've evolved from selling um, deck equipment in the um, very beginning, which is Digital Equipment Corporation. And then we, we, evolved into selling HP equipment then some Dell equipment and and mostly now our our primary line of products is, is Cisco equipment and the majority of our business is sold to end user clients uh, around the country so um, and now we're getting into the iTad business yeah you built a strong reputation in serving end users with networking and server equipment and I noticed that you offer a lifetime warranty on equipment. That's unusual. Can you tell me how how that works? Sure. Um, well, first of all, there there is some comp- competition out there in the end user market around uh, with with lifetime warranties. But when we analyzed it, it was really kind of a no brainer. Uh, the equipment that we sell is really quality equipment, uh, quality brands: Cisco, HP, Dell. And um, this equipment just simply does not go bad. And um, if it does, it's usually, you know, within 30 days or so anyways. Um, so uh, offering a lifetime warranty was um, pretty easy. And then if for some reason it does go bad after a year or two or three, uh, replacing it is, you know, pennies on the dollar because the equipment is is depreciated so much over those years. So. Uh, it was from a financial perspective, it was pretty easy. Um, from a marketing perspective, it really made a lot of sense. Um, our customers really like that uh, lifetime warranty. 
Yeah, that's a really uh, great benefit to have. Now, Summit 360 changed its brand from Summit Information Resources in the past year. What made you decide to rebrand and how has that changed the focus of the company? Well, um, the, the, the change in focus in the rebranding kind of came together. Although we're still focused on selling um, equipment to end user customers like we've done traditionally, we now have integrated a, an ITAD um, business into that. It was a really nice fit for us because of our end user clients and our wholesale business. And so it was, um, and so it really made sense for us to change the name. First of all, Summit Information Resources is a mouthful. Mm -hmm. um, Summit 360 is uh, a little easier to say, um, and it fits because we've, we really wanted to bring in the environmental um, part of what we do by, by reusing um, equipment, reselling used equipment. That's really in our DNA uh, is used equipment. And by reusing it, of course, that's, that fills that, um, that environmental aspect of, of what we do. And so the, the really the catalyst for the name change was the ITAD services business that we brought in. Okay. Yeah, you know, along with that, I'd like to ask you about that because you recently did a ribbon cutting on the new ITAD uh, uh, facility, which I believe is one of the first in the world to be R2V3 certified. Congratulations on that. And what can you share about uh, Summit 360's journey into ITAD? Ooh, well, um, it was uh, it was a journey, that's for sure. It was a, a long journey to a certain degree, partly because of COVID came right in the middle of it. Um, but uh, I was a strong believer in the in the the synergies of that business along with our current what we call our classic business, and so it was it was easy to continue. But we we were fortunate enough to be able to. Uh, hire a couple of um, consultants with tremendous knowledge in the ITAD business to help us um, organize the certification process and get us over that goal line. But it was um, a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of money, uh, and um, my team did it, an, an awesome job. And so I'm really proud of them and really excited about the future. Yeah, we, we've been uh, R2 certified for, I'd say, probably close to 15 years, and uh, we're going for our R2 V3 certification in January and February. The uh, the consultant comes out and does the audit in January, and then the certification firm comes out in February. So, yeah, it's been a, a definite uh, uh, journey, I would say. Um, how are you doing with the, um, like, the... Uh, the, the, the grading process, because I know that that changed a lot because they're doing like a cosmetic grade and a functional grade and stuff like that. Has that been kind of a little bit of a burden for you or have you kind of found a, a way to, to work with that? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm a little bit removed from that part of it, but I was part of the early discussions during the, the journey to certification. And um, we did have a little bit of trouble um, figure out what to do with that. Um, we did incorporate it into our um, our software that we use, which was really helpful. 
Yeah, but we were, on the other hand, we were really used to used equipment and, and grading it because of, um, you know, our resale business that we've had where we resell our classic business where we sell to end user clients as well as wholesale clients. And, you know, you really need to know if it's, you know, an A grade or a B grade or C, you know, if it has a scratch or two. And so we were, we were comfortable with that whole thing. We just had to kind of regroup internally to rename some of our, our um, grading system. Okay. And um, I'm really excited to talk to you about the, um, and understand how you implemented the uh, EOS or Entrepreneur Management System based upon that uh, book, Traction, by Gino Wickman. So how has that impacted your organization in management style? That is a really, has impacted us immensely. It was um, given, the book was given to me back, um, gosh, maybe eight years ago. I can't remember exactly now. And um, I read it and it just totally made sense to me. And I, I really, I'd always wanted a, a company or business that was um, professionally run with um, goals, um, management, leadership, and I just didn't know how to do it, quite frankly. Um, even though I was a, a you know a, a business major in college, and 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 I've loved business since I've been ten years old, but I really didn't have the experience or knowledge to create that kind of business. So this really fit well. It it um, it helped us organize in um, in into into groups that are um, the first and foremost a leadership team that then passes things down to the operations and sales and marketing and finance. And um, so what it allowed us to do is to really um, grow intentionally um, versus sort of haphazardly or randomly. And, and that was really important to me, setting goals um, and planning and getting the right people in the right seats and there's there's a lot to EOS and one of the main things um, is the getting the right people in the in the business in the company and getting them in the right seats so you know just along with that one point um, when you were working on getting the right people in the right seats were there some that maybe didn't or you that were recognized that hey this is not going to be a good fit and if so, did those people opt out, or did did you have to kind of to pull them out? Um, well, you know, it was a little bit of both um, because you know once we um, once we started with the um, the the proper um, uh, what's the right word. Um, process to get them to improve, um, you know, an improvement process, then the writing kind of is on the wall and they have, they, they know exactly what they have to do. They know when they have to do it. And if they don't do it, they know the consequences. So wow. normally when they start getting on a um, um, performance improvement plan, um, they, they can tell right away if they're going to make it or not. So, so the ones was, that was, was that the thing called rocks in, in the book? Oh yeah, rocks. Yep, that rocks are um, quarterly priorities. They're a little bit different than the um, right seat, you know, right person, right seat. But 
you know, rocks are, are more of a long-term priority. They're uh, based on a quarter, three months. So then everybody's got their own kind of rock, I guess, or marching orders. And then you see how the accountability stacks up at the end of that quarter. If the person is uh, achieving those, um, the objectives and or if there's not, then there's obviously some problem with either the task that was given or their ability or willingness to do it. Correct? Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I, I think that um, I remember that almost everything that you sell is is used, correct? You, you mentioned that you had tried new products for a while and that the, the margins and the ability to make money was, was, was difficult. That's right. Um, we, we, we were authorized for many years to sell Cisco products um, and HP products and Dell products. And but the the margins are just really slim for the most part. And then Cisco, and I think now HP too, um, they don't allow their resellers, their authorized channel, to resell used equipment unless it comes directly from them in their refurbished program. So that was a real big um, um, problem for us because. We did really well selling used equipment from the open market, secondary market, as we call it. Cisco calls it the gray market, of course, but um, it's a it's a very large market with um, a lot of really good hardware, and it's important that that hardware gets reused somewhere. But Cisco wouldn't allow their resellers to do that, so we we separated ways, went our own way, and um, haven't looked back. And our margins are significantly better than they were when that happened five, six years ago. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen. 